0: Tonight, live from SNN Studios. Target set off a national firestorm when it said it would close nine stores in four states because theft and organized retail crime had made them too dangerous to run. On its face, Target's announcement was evidence that retail crime was preventing one of the country's most prominent retailers from operating stores profitably and safely. It challenged skeptics who believed that retailers had exaggerated the impact of organized retail crime and used it as an excuse for poor financial performance. There was just one problem with the explanation Target gave for closing stores, the locations it shuttered generally saw fewer reported crimes than others it chose to keep open nearby, a months-long CNBC investigation has found. CNBC's findings cast doubt on Target's explanation and raise questions about whether the company's announcement was designed to advance its legislative agenda, seeking a crackdown on organized retail crime, and to obscure poor financial performance at the stores as it grapples with sliding sales. In some cases, Target chose to keep operating stores in busy areas that had better foot traffic or higher median incomes, even though the locations saw more theft and violence, the probe revealed. In those areas, police departments may be better funded due to higher tax bases, and shoppers may have more to spend on discretionary goods. Many of the locations Target closed were small-format stores the company opened over the last five years as part of an experiment to expand its footprint in dense, urban areas. The moves followed Target's decision to shut off four similar stores in the spring that it said were underperforming, Retail Dive previously reported. At the time it announced the nine store closures in September, Target said, We cannot continue operating these stores because theft and organized retail crime are threatening the safety of our team and guests, and contributing to unsustainable business performance. We can only be successful if the working and shopping environment is safe for all. The news came just hours after the National Retail Federation issued a key annual retail security survey, in which it said violence at stores had increased but losses from theft hadn't changed much, and exactly one month before the trade group was planning to lobby Congress for stiffer punishment for organized theft offenders. Target CEO Brian Cornell sits on the NIF's board of directors and is a member of its executive committee. One long-time retail executive and expert questioned whether Target's claims about theft at the stores were designed to mask its struggles, as the retailer's sales fell from the prior year in both its second and third quarters. I don't want to use the word stunt, because I don't know exactly what went on in Minneapolis, where Target is based, but to me, it read like a stunt, looking to divert attention from the company's lack of performance overall," said Mark Cohen, a professor and director of retail studies at Columbia Business School who previously served as the CEO of Sears Canada, Bradley's and Lazarus department stores. They did not disclose their actual shortage statistics, he added they talked about it in general terms, they did not disclose any other factors that would have caused them to decide to close any of those stores. They implied that the only reason they were closing the stores was because of theft. That may or may not be true. My guess is, not true. In response, Target spokesperson Jim Joyce told CNBC that as a growth company, Target is continuously opening new stores, initiating remodels, investing in our team and infrastructure, and refining our operations as we seek to deliver the shopping experience that people have come to expect of Target. In 2023 alone, we opened 21 new stores and remodeled 150 stores as part of our nearly $5 billion investment in strategic initiatives. The recently announced store closures related to safety, retail theft, and unsustainable business performance represent less than 0.5% of our U.S. footprint, with 1,956 stores currently operating and serving our guests," Joyce said. CNBC used public record requests and law enforcement sources to obtain crime statistics and 911 call data for 21 target stores in New York City, Seattle, the San Francisco Bay Area, and Portland, Oregon, the four areas where the retailer closed stores. The data includes the nine stores' target shuttered and similar locations it kept open nearby, spanning from January 2021 through September 2023, when the closures were announced. The records show the records how many times Target was listed as the, of the victim of a crime, crime at the locations, location. or how many times they also were called show to the store and arrested trend. someone, said so they Nearly addressed the issue or retailer closed closed or saw less or police, police activity, activity and fewer reported crime incidents than the locations it kept open nearby. Only one of the nine stores that Target closed across the four regions, a location in Pittsburgh, California saw more crime and police activity than its closest comparable location in Antioch, California, according to CNBC's analysis. Store-specific crime data for the nine locations target closed has not been previously reported. Like most data on theft, organized retail crime, and shrink, or retailers' inventory loss, the records obtained by CNBC are not complete. Theft and crime overall are difficult to measure. As they frequently go unreported and undetected, experts have told CNBC, Target declined to provide its internal crime figures. Without those numbers, the records obtained by CNBC are the only picture that you're going to get about what crime looked like at the locations the retailer closed and the ones it didn't, said Christopher Herman, an assistant professor at John Jay College of Criminal Justice and an expert in crime analysis and mapping. It's interesting that they're using public safety, or employee safety, as an excuse, kind of, for closing the stores, said Herman. Because the reality is, they're not closing the stores with the highest rate of retail theft. In response, Target's Joyce told CNBC that store-level incidents vary widely in severity, and police data won't show the full extent of what our teams experience on the ground. We have repeatedly shared financial data and internal data on the increase of theft-related crime, Joyce said. We have also consistently conveyed our emphasis on safety and highlighted team members' experiences that demonstrate the impact that theft and organised retail crime have had on our company, our guests, and the communities we serve. We continue to invest heavily in safety, including strategies to prevent and stop theft and organized retail crime in our stores, as well as partnering with law enforcement, legislators, and retail peers to seek long-term solutions," Joyce said. Target has previously said it saw a marked increase in theft involving violence or threats between 2021 and 2022, and at the start of 2023. In the first five months of this year, stores saw a nearly 120% increase in those incidents, the company has said. All the locations were within a few miles or a short drive away from another target that remained open, which could have played a role in the company's decision to shutter them, experts said. Retailers often miscalculate how much the new store will cannibalize existing stores, said Cohen, of Columbia Business School. Target opened its now-closed small-format store in Oakland in 2019, just two miles away from its Emeryville location. Between January 2021 and September 2023, 96 crime incidents were reported at the Oakland store compared with 440 at the Emeryville store over the same time frame. The findings reflect some overall theft trends in Oakland and Emeryville in 2023. Overall theft, excluding car theft, was down 15% in Oakland from January 1 to October 29, compared with the same period a year ago, according to police records. In Emeryville, petty theft and grand theft were up 16% and 14%, respectively, for the period from January 1 to October 31, compared with the same period a year ago, police records show. Demographics is another factor that could be at play. In the zip code where the Oakland store is located, the median income level is $76,953, compared with $114,286 in Emeryville, according to U.S. Census data. People with higher incomes tend to have more money to spend on discretionary goods. Police departments in those areas may also be more inclined to enforce property crimes such as theft if there is less violent crime to attend to, which could explain the difference in police responses between stores, experts who study crime have told CNBC. For example, one homicide and three rapes have been reported in Emeryville so far this year. In comparison, 106 homicides and 159 rapes have been reported in Oakland in the same time frame.
1: inflation, the world's largest retailer attracted new and higher-income shoppers with cheaper groceries. Now, it's trying to cater to that shopper with more fine jewelry at lower price points. Ahead of the holiday season, the company introduced more styles of lab-grown diamond jewelry. It just started to test its largest lab-grown diamond offering yet, a 1.5-carat engagement ring that retails for $698. A mined diamond of that size can sell for a retail price of $6,000, said Walmart, which cited industry data and the typical markup. Global sales for lab-grown diamonds grew to nearly $12 billion in 2022, a 38% year-over-year jump, according to an analysis by New York-based Paul Zimniski, a financial and diamond industry analyst. That's a sharp increase from under $1 billion in 2016 the analysis found. The rise of lab-grown diamonds, which are made by people rather than mined from the ground, have made it possible for Walmart to carry a wider range of items that fit customers' budgets, said Michelle Gill, the company's vice president of jewellery and accessories. And, she added, the company wants to test other statement pieces and bigger stones. Walmart isn't the only company looking for ways to serve shoppers seeking affordable jewellery. Signet Jewellers Owned chain Jared is testing a new product, a 24-karat gold ingot that is set in a charm and can be personalized, and then can be worn on a necklace or locked in a safe. The charm, which comes in different weights, arrived to about 60 of its stores ahead of the holiday shopping season. So far, the charms have been a hit, said Claudia Siverdino, president of Jared. Customers can personalize them or even inscribe them with a message in the gift giver's handwriting. In times of uncertainty, people look for stability, she said. Gold has always been a stored value. There's something in the zeitgeist around gold and its properties. Jewelry is a popular gift during the holidays. The period from October through February, including Valentine's Day, is also the peak time for engagement ring purchases, Signet CEO Gina Drosos said in early December on an earnings call. Signet also owns K. Jewelers, Zales, and Diamonds Direct. It could be tougher this season, though. Jewelry sales rose as consumers had extra money to spend on luxury goods during the pandemic and then sprang for extra sparkle as they booked vacations and went to parties. Social distancing during Covid also dampened the dating scene, which has translated to slower sales of engagement rings three or four years later. Signet and Brilliant Earth a direct-to-consumer jewellery company, both cited this challenge on earnings calls. Total jewellery sales was $73.08 billion in the U.S. In 2019, according to Euromonitor, a London-based market research company that tracks sales across a variety of retailers. That total is expected to hit $73.8 billion in 2023, Euromonitor estimates. Fine jewelry has held up better than costume jewelry, however, though both have declined year over year. Sales in the fine jewelry category are expected to grow by nearly 4% compared with pre-pandemic 2019 to a total $62.85 billion in the U.S., according to Euromonitor. Costume jewelry is expected to drop by about 12% to $10.95 billion during the same period. Walmart has carried jewellery since the 1990s, but it's made a bigger play recently. It started carrying lab-grown diamonds last year in select stores. Now, it has expanded that to nearly 90 items that range from $78 to $498 available at the majority of its stores. In the past, many of Walmart's items were made from a cluster of diamonds arranged to look like a single diamond, since mined diamonds cost much more, Gill said. Gill, who worked for more than two decades at high-end department store chain Neiman Marcus, said Walmart also saw an opportunity to sell more fine jewellery, particularly in rural markets and parts of the U.S., dotted with struggling and shuttered malls. Walmart does not break out category revenue, but it said lab-grown diamond sales have increased approximately 600% year-over-year. That reflects the addition of many more items to the category. Yet for some shoppers, the idea of buying an engagement ring, anniversary present or other special purchase from the no-frills discounter is out of the question. Gill acknowledged that Walmart will have to overcome that stigma. The retailer has had a similar uphill climb when trying to establish a reputation for carrying more stylish clothing by developing exclusive brands and teaming up with designers and celebrities. Plus, its stores don't have dedicated jewellery specialists, something that Gil would like to change. She said fine jewellery sold by Walmart comes in an elegant wooden box that isn't marked with the Walmart name or logo. Walmart does not break out category revenue, but it said lab-grown diamond sales have increased approximately 600% year-over-year. That reflects the addition of many more items to the category. Yet for some shoppers, the idea of buying an engagement ring, anniversary present or other special purchase from the no-frills discounter is out of the question. Gill acknowledged that Walmart will have to overcome that stigma. The retailer has had a similar uphill climb when trying to establish a reputation for carrying more stylish clothing by developing exclusive brands and teaming up with designers and celebrities. Plus, its stores don't have dedicated jewelry specialists, something that Gil would like to change. She said fine jewelry sold by Walmart comes in an elegant wooden box that isn't marked with the Walmart name or logo. Other retailers, including Pandora and Brilliant Earth, have capitalized on the growth of lab-grown diamonds, too. Pandora introduced lab-grown diamond jewelry in the U.S after it stopped using mined diamonds in 2021. The company has a growing presence inside Macy's stores and on the department store's website. Brilliant Earth CEO Beth Gustin said the company serves a different customer base than Walmart or Costco, which saw hot demand when it sold gold bars this fall, selling more than $100 million of them in the last quarter. Gastine said the direct-to-consumer jewelry company's core shoppers are between age 25 and 40, have a household income of $75,000 or more, and tend to be more brand-focused. Yet she said Brilliant Earth is offering prices and unique designs for shoppers on a budget this holiday season, along with those who are more willing to splurge. For example, she said, it introduced a lab diamond bezel solitaire pendant necklace that costs less than $500. She said the company's holiday giveaways have drawn a stronger-than-usual response this year, too, as shoppers crave freebies. The customer is looking for value wherever they can find it, she said. At Jared, Cividino said the average value of customers' orders has risen slightly year over year, despite higher costs of many everyday expenses. Yet she said the jeweler has noticed customers visiting more or waiting longer before making a big purchase. People think harder before they make a decision, she said. That's what we're experiencing.